Welcome to the Business of Design podcast. I'm Cheryl Horn, Director of Operations for Business of Design. A lot has changed at Business of Design since this episode originally aired. For the latest information and rates on events and membership at Business of Design, head to businessofdesign.com. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome to Business of Design episode number 103 and today's guest may be a familiar face to you if you love social media, Darla Powell. She's such a love and I interviewed her months and months ago and we ended up delaying the podcast because we talk so much about social media. I went back and re-listened to our conversation and really what we're talking about is how to be authentic so your tribe can find you. So there you go. Episode number 103, your vibe is your tribe. You'll hear Darla explain how she really is a testament to the fact that social media can, in fact, attract your ideal customer because she started her career in design from the ground floor. She spent years as a police officer in Miami-Dade, and wow, thank you for that incredible service. And the transition into interior design is perhaps not something you'd automatically assume would go smoothly, and yet she's found herself in a position where she's really getting to do all the things she loves. Darla was also brave and shared with us her very first hourly rate, which was $75 an hour. That went up to $150 an hour at the time that we did this interview. And we have reached out to her since to give her a little nudge and say, it's been a while. Have you given yourself a raise? Darla got right back to me and said, as a matter of fact, she's raised her rate to $175 an hour and she's on fire. Her podcast is getting all kinds of attention and sounds like she's having the time of her life. So really, again, a wonderful testament to the power of social media and the power of being authentic. I was thinking about this topic, your vibe is your tribe, and I can see it so clearly in my friend group. Like I just adore my friends, obviously, because they're people who just fit with me so well. But I've gotten a couple of customers in funny ways that are directly related to me being authentic. One time I mentioned on CityLine that I really don't like the color mint, that as community service, I go into paint stores and I hide all the mint paint chips. And before I got back to the office, someone had phoned and hired us for a project and she confessed that she thought that was hysterical. She also hates mint. And I was the only one that was going to be able to help her in future. And we ended up having a great project with her and have become quite good friends with her as well. Another time I mentioned I was going on a cycling trip. Someone hired me because she loves to ride her bicycle and thought, I'm just going to mesh with her. And in fact, I did. And funny thing about that is her style and my style couldn't be more different. She was very, very conservative and traditional in her decorating style, but that was fun for me to step into. So she wasn't trying to connect with me in terms of my style, but rather in terms of my authentic personality. So there you go. Lots of reasons to explore just being yourself in a controlled professional way on social media. Before we hear from Darla, let's check in with the lovely Cheryl Horn. But I'm also in that like, you know, super hyper work mode where I'm trying to get a lot of my client stuff organized. You can relate. 
Yeah, of course. I'm excited about how many um, members you get to meet face-to-face in Australia. That's going to be great. We've got a, a lot of our Business to Design members are attending. I'm excited. And to hang out with Andrew again is just so wonderful. But I know things don't grind to a halt because I'm in Australia. Lots going on, lots of things moving forward. What's coming up when I get back? Uh, You're going straight from Australia and meeting me in High Point for our Business of Design educational series that we've partnered with High Point to put on. So registration's open for that. We've got launch projects like a boss happening on Friday, April 5th. It's three CEU credits. Uh, So registration's open for that. Make sure you can join us. And then on this Sunday, there is a one hour free event at the theater as well. No more negotiating. So if you need to figure out how to own your no and I mean N-O, not K-N-O-W, but N-O, then come out on Sunday and say hi, Cheryl and Janine, and I will be there. And one thing I'm hoping you can touch on a little bit, I have been getting so many inquiries from Business of Design members, um, from Business of Design community members who are asking about a business coach and who they should go to. A lot of people don't know that that's something that you do one-on-one private coaching. Um, You've had some clients that have been with you for a really long time, but you do take on new ones. If you can just touch on a little bit about what is involved with one-on-one coaching. Oh my gosh. I know where this is coming from. It's so funny. We have members in the community and they love everything they're learning at Business of Design. And they're like, now I need a business coach. We're like, no, you, you have a business coach. That's what we do here. The big difference between the way that we coach and traditional coaching is ours is very prescriptive. I don't say, wow, how does that make you feel? What do you think you should try? I say, here's what I did. I want you to try this exact thing and let me know how that goes. And it's a real fast track experience. So uh, if that's the kind of coaching that appeals to you and you're willing to open up your P&L and really talk about how to be more profitable, um, then definitely we'd love to have you as a coaching client in addition to Business of Design membership. So thank you so much. And information on private coaching is available on on the website and how we organize that. By all means, get in touch with me if you've got questions. Sounds good. All right. I gotta go. Too much to do, but I will talk to you from Australia. Yes, sounds good. Enjoy the trip. Thank you. I'm I'm sure I will. <laughs> Welcome to the Business of Design podcast with Kimberly Selden. Business of Design is the coaching community for independent designers like you. We know it takes more than hard work and talent to successfully run a professional design firm. There are proven business strategies that can solve your immediate challenges and transform your life. Don't try to do this alone. Join today and you'll have access to more than 100 video courses, participate in monthly coaching calls, and find unlimited support within our exclusive members-only Facebook group. Unlike traditional coaching, BOD is a fast track to immediate results. For independent interior designers, decorators, architects, stagers, and landscapers just like you. Monthly membership is only $79. Annual members save two months and have access to Kimberly's contracts. What are you waiting for? We all know design matters. At Business of Design, we think designers matter too. Darla, it's great talking to you like this. Where are you today? Hey, how are you doing, Kimberly? I'm in Miami, Florida. Oh, you're experiencing some summer heat. 
Oh yeah, I, I have the AC set to 70 and I'm already kind of spritzing <laughs> in here in Miami. It's been unbearably hot, but it's beautiful. So we love it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, I was talking to another designer who is getting on a plane today to go to Miami for a site meeting. And he said to the architects, like, is, is the air conditioning going to be on? And the architect said, there's no windows in the building. So he's like, do you, do you think it'd be okay to wear shorts uh, to the site visit? And the architects, he said, show up every single time in ties, long sleeve shirts and ties. So he says he really has to step it up and, and be hot and not complain and be a big baby. So there you go. Yeah, it's it's really, especially August, September, July, it's it's pretty insufferable. But like I said, you know, we have the beaches and the boat weather and so so we we deal with it. It's we're all right. Oh yeah. Don't you go bragging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can suffer a little. It's yeah. Right. If you're living somewhere where there isn't a beach, you darn well know where those beaches are, trust me. <laughs> so we are going to talk about um, as a as a broad category, we're gonna talk about social media, but specifically how you have uncovered your brand and learned to build an audience with social media. And then going even a step further, you're now launching a company called Wingnut Social, which is going to help others do the same thing. So where do we even start? In 2017, in March, I started my design firm, Darla Powell Interiors, full-time. And I had friends telling me, oh, you know, I used to be a cop. I was a sergeant detective for 18 and a half years, Miami-Dade. So all my friends were like, oh, you're going to do interior design. You're going to have to be all snooty. And <laughs> and and in the beginning, I kind of took it to heart. But it wasn't long after I started that I realized that's not me. That's not authentic to my myself is who I am. And I just kind of, without knowing it, organically stumbled on my brand voice just by the sheer fact of being myself and being authentic in making sure that I was able to reach my ideal client and people that got into that same vibe as me. So, you know, the people that you wanted to work with and how I found that was a little bit, you know, I had copy written for my website and I ended up saying, you know what, this isn't exactly me. So once I found my brand voice and I got that together, then we just rewrote the copy and it's all authentically me. The way you do that too, is you can look and see, because after you're in it for a hot minute, you can say, okay, let me check out some of these other brands, some of these brands that are really kicking butt, you know, like the Shea McGee's or, you know, Amber Lewis Interiors and see how they're doing it just for inspiration and see, you can see that they're consistent in their branding. You know, the, everything they post across the different channels, the different platforms, you can tell that that's their authentic voice. They're very consistent. If they're hashtagging, you know, crappy iPhone photos like Amber does on Instagram on one thing and she posts something else, she does it on the same, you know, on Twitter on, on the other thing. So they're very consistent across from their brands. And that's something that I do as well. So I look for inspiration, kept to my authentic self and found out after being a little initially scared in the beginning because, you know, I have a sense of humor. I'm a little quirky, even though I'm a serious designer that people really responded to that. So, so don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to be authentic. Don't be afraid to be yourself. And if you are like, you know, Kimberly Selden, that's your brand. You are the brand. You are the face. So if you are the face of your brand, don't be afraid to be authentic and, and make that be who you are because ideally, eventually, you want to work with people who jive with that because if you get people who are falling for some fake persona or fake brand voice that you're putting out there, you might not have the most fun working with whoever was attracted to that vibe. 
Don't you think it's hard for a lot of people to figure out what their brand is? They get sort of distracted. Um, as you say, they go and they look for inspiration and they go, that's cool. I want to be like that. No, wait, that's cool. Oh, no, no, no. That, this is cool. And before you right. know it, you're trying to be all things to all people. So it seems to me that a brand should be fairly narrow. Does that seem right. fair? Which creative people go, no, I can't be held back. But I is that can I say that that it should be somewhat narrow? Yeah, because especially like say for example in interior design, it's kind of hard to say. You want to find out, okay, what makes me different as an interior designer? Some people it's very cut and dry. Like, okay, I only do baby nurseries, or okay, we only do, you know, mid-century design. I, I don't do that. I'm a little broader in my aesthetic. But what I do is I make sure that my brand voice, I'm speaking to my ideal client with the way I write, my sense of humor, the, the way I word my marketing. I focus everything to busy professionals who have no time, who do not give one smidge about design, except that they want their place to look pretty. They don't want to be involved. They just want to give it to me and let me do it. So it's in my copywriting you know, how I focus to my ideal clients. It's in how I, how I do it. But definitely if you niche down, like I, like if you're, I was saying, um, like if you do just baby design or if you just do mid-century modern or whatever, that will help you to get more targeted, right? More targeted about your intentions. Your your ideal client, right. And I'll be honest with, on the design side, I'm still working on that. You know what, you know, because I'm only a year into it, a year and a half. So, you know, I don't, I'm not, I'm not established for 25 or 30. I can't just say, no, I'm not going to take that job. Although I'm getting more to that, you know, with my marketing, because I want to build my portfolio and I want the clients to come in. But on the wingnut social side, definitely. It's very targeted. We niche only to interior designers for the marketing and our brand voice is very consistent and that's who we niche down to there. So if you're a listener and you, you're not sure what your brand is, what are the clues that will help you uncover your brand? Because it's there, right? It's, it's there. But sometimes we're just not aware of it. Right. You need to figure out, first of all, you need to figure out what it is that you want to do right? What it is that makes you happy to work with, who the ideal client is that that makes you happy to work with, what it is, your avatar, what they do, how can you speak to this person? Where is this person going to be? And just kind of have a come to Jesus moment. Because when I was sitting on, we had some clients in the beginning that I was like, gosh, you know, some of my marketing that I did was a lot of DIY based articles, a lot of DIY, uh, DIY based blogging. And I actually brought in a couple of my less than ideal clients who actually ended up wanting to shop me, do some of the stuff on their own, right? So my branding and my direction in that case was working against what I wanted as an interior designer. So just sit and and think, who is your ideal client and who you want to work with? And who are these people? Because at the end of the day, your clients are human beings and they're people that you're going to hang out with and you maybe spend six months, a year, some, some cases, two years with. You have to make sure that they jive and they're that part of your tribe. My ideal client is somebody who loves to travel. Um, and, and what I've, as I've grown into my brand, um, I realize my ideal client is someone like me, someone who has the means to travel. They're very serious about the work that they do. Uh, they, they think design is important. Um, don't necessarily love that it costs so much money, but we're, are willing to make that sacrifice 
because the result is so fabulous. So because I know my ideal client is well-traveled, I don't have any problem posting photos of me sitting in um, Sicily or Croatia. I'm going on a bike trip in September to Croatia and I'll be in Copenhagen. So I can freely post that kind of stuff knowing that if my ideal customer is watching, they're going to go, oh, wow, we were in Copenhagen. She should probably go to this great restaurant, right? Right. And I, I, do, I don't do the traveling so much, but I post on my social media, I'll post complete demo. You know, here's complete demo. Here's this kitchen that used to be a kitchen and now it's just an empty box full of dust because those are the clients I ideally want. I want, I want to take a sledgehammer to those spaces. I mean, I like to do furnishings and decor too, but that's not exactly my ideal. I want to knock down walls. I want to see dust. I want a true transformation. So in a lot of my social media across the board, that's what I'll post pictures of, that kind of work or that, and let those clients know, man, all I have to do is sit back and have a margarita. She's going to take care of everything. Right, so right. So that focus has changed for us, and I've gotten a little smarter about that. So I think one thing that I see sometimes is people have these great social media pages, and they post all the things they love. So I might, I happen to be an organization freak, and if I could have a label on every drawer and, uh, you know, little containers inside every drawer that were also labeled, that's how crazy I would be. I don't post a lot of that stuff because I don't want the customer who thinks I'm going to come and do that for them. You know what I mean? So you do have to have some discipline. Once you're starting to get at what your brand is, you might have a little side, um, something on the side that makes you happy, but you don't necessarily have to post that kind of stuff. Exactly. You want to make sure that what you do post is representative of what you'll offer, what a client, because when a client's looking at your social media, I mean, they like looking at your stuff, but really it's all about them and what you can do for the client. So, I mean, the fact that you like fuzzy little kittens on the internet might be great, but that's not really doing anything for them. Once in a while, you know, it might be cute, but they want to see, you know, okay, if I hire this person, give them my hard earned money, what can they do for me? So you want to make sure that that message is clear across all your platforms. Is there anything you can do to make sure that your messaging is reaching that client? I mean, you can go on Facebook, you can go on Twitter, you can go on LinkedIn or uh, Insta and all those things, but how do you know that your posts are getting to the right eyeballs? What can you do? Sure. Well, we have, you know, Google, of course, has this wonderful analytics program. And you can see when you go in and check your Google analytics for your website, your referrals and how much traffic you're getting from all your social media channels. Like for us, Facebook and Pinterest tie for number one, depending on the week and if I've managed to write something, (laughs) which is getting harder and harder to do. And then, you know, Instagram and Facebook. So that's number one. You can see exactly where they're going from Facebook and Instagram. Also, Facebook has the Facebook pixel which you can use, which gives you all the analytics from Facebook. You can retarget people that come from your website. I don't know if you're familiar with the retargeting ads. This is great. You can do with the Facebook pixel is you can go, if someone has visited your website and just kind of, you know, creeped around for a while and then taken off, that your website will save their their IP address and we'll see, okay, the, the same person that went to Darla Powell Interiors is on Facebook. And if you have your, your retargeting ads set up, then, you know, on that sidebar when they're on Facebook, it'll say, hey, Darla Powell Interiors. It's like, you know, you've seen it. Like you've gone shopping and then you go on Facebook and you see the little ad. Totally. 
Yeah, that's retargeting ads. So that's an analytic too. Also, all of my um, clients, when they call in, one of the first things we ask them is, hey, how did you hear about us? And we get tons of clients from Facebook, number one, and Instagram also. And they're usually just kind of sit back and they just kind of watch and they're looking for you to be consistent. What you post, again, like I, I said before, what you can do for them. They might not even comment. They might not even be that active. But that one day they're like, okay, I'm going to call this girl. How did you hear about us? Oh, Instagram. I found you on, on Facebook. So we, there's a lot of ways. My daughter um, used to do social media, but um, would also say even things like choosing a filter on Instagram, you get one filter. You don't get, it's like a font, right? You don't get to use 75 <laughs> fonts. You right. Use a filter that you can use sometimes. But other than that, no, don't go filter crazy. Nope. Be consistent. Uh, right now I'm going filterless, but I thought about maybe doing a consistent filter, but I think now so many people are doing it, especially that millennial pink kind of look. I don't know if you've probably seen them, the Instagram pages where it all looks the same. And I'm like, you know, at this point I kind of stand out by not using it. So that's where I am with that right now. But yeah, there's a lot of brands you look at it and their whole page has that same palette, that same patina, which has its points, its pluses and minuses in my book. I like something that's a little more raw, a little more authentic. Yeah, yeah. The older I get, the more I'm thinking about a Vaseline kind of uh, <laughs> filter. <laughs> you know I mean? lens, yeah, yeah I, he, I love raw until, oh, whoa, what happened there? Okay. Yeah. Silly me. Okay, so once you've established what your brand is and you're going to look for clues of your brand in the posts that you have, can you go into various places that you've done a lot of posting and clean it up? And should you? Should you? Should you get serious about it and start removing stuff that is not consistent with your brand? Yeah, sure. Once you've cemented it and you're like, okay, this is who I am. This is me standing in my space. I'm really confident knowing this is who I want. This is the service I'm going to offer. Feel free. Go back, clean up some of the things that might send a message to a client that you do, you know, you polish terrazzo floors <laughs> or, or, you know, something that'll send them the wrong message and clean that up because a lot of clients are not just going to look at your last three. They're going to kind of go through your whole deal mm -hmm. and see, you know, so some of those original posts that I put out, as you know, now looking back, I kind of laugh and I'm like, oh, gosh, you're, you're so you're such a naive little baby <laughs> and just kind of take those out. There's there's nothing wrong with it. you can you can delete posts and Twitter, Facebook, go ahead, have a garage sale. <laughs> um, you do also, you, you brought up something that um, really struck me, which is sometimes clients don't interact. I've never had a client, I shouldn't say never, but rarely, rarely do I have a client that interacts with me on social media. But mm -hmm. from time to time, they'll mention, oh, yeah, I saw, I saw that photo of you with your son yep. and you were playing guitar or whatever. Right. I didn't realize you played guitar. And it occurs to me at that moment, like they really are watching everything. You have no idea what they're watching. And so I've had to be very careful about having opinions, let's say, uh, for example, political opinions. Um, I have political opinions. I think most people do. Uh, but I don't think it's necessary or useful in my brand as an interior design professional. So where I used to look at Facebook as like a cool place I hung out with friends, now I realize that I'm still in the peak of my design business career. I want to be more disciplined about it. So I'm going to avoid some of those hot topics. Do you think about that too? 
I do. And I agree with that. I never get political on the business side of things, even on my personal page, because it's Googleable, right? If someone wants to hire Darla Powell and Tears, and I get on there and Darla Powell's personal Facebook page, which you might think it's private, but it, it, nothing's private anymore on the internet, you know, and I say something that might um, be disparaging for, to one group of people or another, which I couldn't do, but I'm just saying that it could reflect negatively on negatively on you and haunt you forever. Like right. a James Gunn who just got fired from directing Garden, Guardians of the Galaxy to geek out on you for, you know, controversial Twitter posts he made five years ago. So, yeah, I, I, unless you're going to be designing for that faction of people that you're speaking to and those are your ideal clients and there may be some designers out there that maybe that's their thing and it's not going to hurt them one way or the other and knock yourself out, but I would totally recommend staying from anything that would be divisive. Yeah. Okay. So just, it all comes back to discipline, like the subject that just won't let go. It just keeps grabbing <laughs> me by the ankle and I, more discipline, more discipline. Bite your tongue. Exactly. I see stuff all the time, all the time. And I'm just like, oh, I would love to say something out, but I can't because I'm not a person anymore. Now I'm a company and I'm a business and you have to respect that. It's like with great power comes great responsibility to be a nerd on you again. But it's true. You have to be aware of that you are no longer a private person. What you say, people hear. So. But you don't want to be an automaton or a robot either, right? No. So how, how wide is the accordion uh, where you can show off your personality? How much room do you have to show off your personality? Oh, my God. I don't know if you've ever seen my videos on Instagram, <laughs> but I am at no lack of showing my personality. I just don't get political or serious or talk about anything like that. Now, if I had a, a, a cause, like say I was doing something that, you know, for autism or doing something for muscular dystrophy, you know, then of course I would, you know, get passionate about something like that because that's not going to piss off anybody. But yeah, never politics, never religion or anything like that. For me personally, that would set anyone off. I just, that's personal. Yeah. But you feel pretty confident that you can be zany and fun and, and then those clients will find you. Absolutely. And, you know, I was actually having a, I just interviewed Nicole Heimer yesterday for my upcoming podcast. And we were talking about that because we were talking about that fine line between being a serious interior designer, but also having a fun personality. And she said it really well. She's like, you know, Darla, high-end clients are people too. You know, they're going to have personalities and there are going to be those high-end clients who are going to, you know, have that personality, have that fun personality. They're going to appreciate that side of you that makes the job, you know, fun as well as the serious design side. So absolutely. And that is me. That is my personality. And I want those people to be my clients because I don't want this to be drudgery. I also want this to be fun as well as beautiful. Do you also have to be concerned because it's so... What's the word? It comes and goes so quickly. Are you still concerned that it's content heavy and worth reading? How many throwaway posts do you get in a week or in a month? You know, I'll have some stuff sometimes and I'll be like, oh, holy cow, I need to put something up there today. And I'll look at the post and I'll say, you know what? No, I'd rather not post anything than put this up because it's really just you want quality over quantity, really. I know a lot of people just, just throw anything and just see if it sticks. <laughs> right. But people people start losing interest. You know, when you, when you do put something, they want to see something behind the scenes or something, you know. And in the beginning, I, I would set, put demo pictures and I would be like, oh, does anybody really care about this? But you, I'll, they do. They love to see demo pictures. So I'll know. I, I'll have gotten feedback 
from this or you know uh, at first I was like no people don't really want to see me in the spaces but that's true they do they do want to see you so now I'll put pictures of me in the space so having you know checking to see what gets the most likes the most comments you, I can tell okay this kind of post really doesn't have any value I, I'm not just going to throw this up let's put something up that I know gets good traction and actually has some value for the the audience or the the reader or, or whomever do you ever recommend that people would um, reach out to someone who's got a similar brand um, and do some trading? Like I know sometimes people will have a guest blogger or um, is there is there still merit in that sort of thing where you're kind of helping each other? I think so. I, I co it goes back to the the rising tide and the, you know, lifting all the boats and everything. I think so. I think you're definitely going to get a lot more out of doing cooperation even if it's somebody that you perceive as being competition I, I just think there's more value the energy in it is better than any negativity or head-to-head -head. that that just never seems to work out it's I think if you come up from a place of goodwill and love I think people see that and they're drawn to you regardless if you wish well for others so. I yeah I couldn't agree more I think that's great so what then because you're you're going to keep your interior design business going you've got real stakes in this game so yes. what then are you going to help other design professionals who want to hire you do and wingnut? What is kind of the process? Okay. Well, first of all, the biggest complaint that I get is from interior designers is they just don't have the time. They don't have the time to do their social media. And most of them that I've spoken to, which is why I got into wingnut social to start with, is that they don't they don't, they're not consistent enough with their social media. They'll do a post here, do a post here, say, I didn't get any clients. Uh, social media doesn't work for me. Uh, I'm here to tell you it works amazingly because the only reason I'm here on your podcast is because of social media. The only reason anybody knows who Darla Powell is or who Darla Powell Interiors is, is because of social media, because it, it was that successful for me. And actually the success of my own social media brought interior designers to me to say, will you do mine for me? So we started Wingnut Social. And what we do is we, we specialize in interior design only. And how we came about that was because I tried to hire people to do my social media and they couldn't do it for interior design firms because they just didn't speak the language. Mm -hmm. They didn't get the aesthetic. A lot of you know social media companies, they have, they have no idea what any terms are or how to market social media. You know, it was awful. It was like they were selling widgets or you know tires. It was really bad. So Natalie, my partner, and I saw a need for interior designs, and all they have to do is come to us and say, okay, look at my social media, we'll assess their social media, we'll say, okay, here's your pluses, here's your minuses, look, what is your, what is your, what are your goals? Who are you trying to speak to? Who are you trying to reach? Develop an entire marketing plan for them across Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Pinterest, Howls, any of those or all of those do complete uh, a complete strategy for them with their aesthetic, their branding, using either their their images of work that they've done or inspirational work for them until they build their portfolio, you know, with proper credit and uh, not, no copyright infringements, <laughs> you know, which is a big thing in the interior design industry. Mm. And we'll an engagement in building a community on social media is so important because you want to you want to have that community you want to have those conversations with potential clients or with potential fans and that takes a buttload of time and we will engage with those people and with those clients for you with your 
brand voice, which will, if you don't have it, will help you establish it. And it'll be consistent and you won't give up after a week or two weeks and say, I didn't get any clients. And then I think these interior designers will start to be believers about the power of social media because it's like you said before, you've had clients that say, oh, I saw this on social media and saw this on social media. But I tell you what, the, most of the clients I've gotten from all my social media never engage, never. They, they don't comment. I don't, I can't remember ever seeing a comment from them, but they hire you. So they're the ones that it's the quiet ones you got to look out for. <laughs> they're the serious ones. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then, so for sure, plus would be consistency, and the right. non-plus would be inconsistency, and that could be both in how you message, what it looks like. So there's lots of different ways to be consistent, right? And then right, exactly. appealing to the right customer or appealing to your ideal customer would be a plus. Appealing to everybody would be a minus. Appealing to the wrong customer by doing DIYs if you want high-end would be a minus. Right. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and it doesn't sound like it's fixed in stone either. It sounds like no. times change, you change, what you want changes. I just went through a whole rebranding exercise with Kimberly right. Selden Design Group. And the the it's crazy to say it out loud, but we wanted a site that was welcoming to the right customer, but not welcoming to the wrong customer. Right. So it's very targeted very targeted and we are immediately seeing a change in the results that we're getting with our website so it's working for us but it would be absolutely the wrong approach for somebody who's just starting out absolutely couldn't be more wrong um, exactly so I'm a member by the way it's okay thank you yeah <laughs> well no you're talking about business of design I'm, I'm yes. actually talking about Kimberly Selden design group oh, KimberlySeldon.com okay, okay. we did a big rebranding oh, um, okay. and uh, because I'm at a different stage in my life I travel a lot and we're very selective about who's going to be a customer and it feels like a private membership um, th that you might want to be part of or that is just not your tribe. So we really try to be clear about call us if this seems like we're your tribe, um, which is very different than the business of design uh, branding, which is just, you know, you know, we all know design matters, but we think that interior design professional matters too. That's a very different message. So branding can strategically get you the ideal customer, it can get you the ideal project, and it can get you exciting opportunities like you're having now where you're launching this great new side hustle and you're starting your own podcast. So, it, you know, sky's the limit, kind of, right? As long as, you've, you, as long as you're taking care of business, sky's the limit. Absolutely. And, you know, don't, don't sit around either and, and think that everything has to be perfect when, if you're just out there getting started, just get in there, just do it. Because if I, if I had done that, I wouldn't have done anything yet. Yeah. And, and it always changes. You're always going to change. Like I said, we just rebranded, um, we did, redid the copy, Nicole Heimer of Curie Electra and I just redid the whole copy for my website. So it's okay to pivot and to grow as a person and as an artist or a designer. It, it, that's the way it happens. You know, music artists do it, you know, they're, they're, albums change and it's okay just be transparent about it you know be upfront about it you know when you post about it say this is the new you know recently I started posting that you know I was a uh, in law enforcement previously for 18 years and I was afraid to do that because I was like oh my god who's going to hire a designer who's in law enforcement but then I was like you know what that's who I am it's going to be the people who are my tribe and started posting that so it, everything changes I bet you have some mad skills that transfer over <laughs> at, at, I did an authoritative way of speaking <laughs> I bet you know how to get control of the crowd 
Like, this is kind of exciting. I like to see you take them down if they ask you a question you don't like. Just, Barbara Viteri told me I need to start a show called Design Crimes. <laughs> That's awesome. I have some great content for you. Oh, oh my yeah, gosh. good. That's sure, awesome. Yeah. We all love seeing a design mistake, right? Um, you <laughs> yeah. mentioned something that was just on uh, a recent episode with Claire Jefford. She left mm-hmm. us with her thoughts uh, during design intervention on the fact that just do it. Don't wait for it to be the perfect moment, but just do it. And that's what you're saying, too. There never is going to be a perfect moment. You've got to. The perfect moment is today. Not tomorrow, yeah, exactly. but today, It's right? like having a kid. There's never a good time. You just got to get out there and do it. And it's like I found out just by launching the interior design business, I knew that interior design was always a passion of mine. But who the heck knew that social media was? And I, who the heck knew I was good at it? And I ended up, look, that's how I grew. That was part of my learning process and growing. So you never know just by doing what opportunities are going to come up for you. That's super cool. Okay, so design intervention uh, advice, and it does not have to be social media related, but advice you would give someone who's just starting out that you think will really make a difference in their design business. Value your worth. And okay. when I first tell me, yeah, <laughs> be specific because I hear yep. people say that all the time. And then I'm like, what do you mean? Tell me what you mean. Yep. When I first started out, I way undercharged and I got some clients that were less than ideal I will say you got the clients you asked for I did right I got the client yeah I can got I the put exact- you on the spot you Darla said at the beginning sure. before we were recording you were worried I was going to ask you tough questions so here <laughs> they come what what were you charging then oh my gosh I think I want to say I was charging like 75 bucks an hour or something because it was my very first job though I had no legs to stand on but still knowing now what I know, if I could go back in time, not that I have any regrets, I learned a whole heck of a lot. I would have gone up to 150. I would have gone up to 200, you know, in the beginning, just because that would have weeded some of that noise out. Yeah. And it actually Definitely. forces you to, to do better, be better, think smarter, mm-hmm. all those kind of things. Uh, and I think it gets you a different level of customer. So you learn that hopefully you know, pretty quickly, obviously. What's your hourly rate at now? Right now it's at 150. Yeah. I've been out there for, it's not at 800 yet, <laughs> but I've only been going for a year and five months. So that's, it's scheduled to change shortly, but that's double. So are right you, now, do so. you schedule it regularly? Like once a year, once every other year, what's your thought on that? It, it's usually annually and it's actually probably in January. We'll come up for a revision if not sooner, but so far that seems to be working pretty good because there's still a learning curve. Right. I'm still picking up the learning, even with the fabulous business of design and all the great pointers I've gotten from that. There's still you have to get in it, experience it and learn it. So but I'm pretty comfortable with with making another increase in January. I'm excited for you. That's great. Okay, so value your worth. One of the ways you do that is by having an hourly fee that speaks to the customer you want. What are some other ways you can value your worth? Be don't be afraid to say no. If you get something, which hopefully if you're marketing and branding right, you're not going to get too many of your less than ideal clients. But I, I'll have clients that come to me now and uh, that I know they just put out the red flags. They just want to, you know, they want to, I had them ask me, okay, if we can get stuff for less from, you know, Wayfair, can we buy that from them instead of from you? Red flag number one. <laughs> yeah. You know, just you not the way can. I you, Yeah. Good luck. Uh-huh. Yeah, sure. You, you good go. Luck. Yeah. And it ended up, I ended up telling Natalie, I said, you know what? No, 
this is not a good fit. I'd, I'd prefer to refer them to someone who works that way. And we're going to say no. And that, let me tell you, nothing has made me happier than being a little more choosy because it frees up my time to get the ideal clients that now, you know, I've learned better to market towards. So I love it. Yeah. That's yeah. great. Okay. So don't be afraid to say no to the wrong customer. Charge a rate that you can live with and keep increasing it on a regular basis. I think that's, that's great design intervention. And I'm so excited for you. Uh, I you. wish you success. And I'll be watching you on social media. And um, to get all the information about what Darla Powell is up to, go to businessofdesign.com and we'll have links to everything. Um, and uh, I, I haven't been to Miami in a while. I think I need to get there. Oh, come on down. I we'll think I'll wait for it to be a little cooler, though. <laughs> <laughs> October, November. Actually, oh. Nat's family has a bakery down here. Come in October and we'll give you a tour and give you some cinnamon rolls. Oh, my God. Yeah. I need <laughs> cinnamon rolls. That sounds good, actually. <laughs> I've come before. <laughs> Say hi to Natalie, too. I know, I know her through social media. So, see, you just proved your point. Uh, yeah, exactly. I will. I'll, I'll tell her hi. Okay. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you for being a part of the Business of Design community. If you love what you hear on the podcast, take the next step by signing up at businessofdesign.com. As our thank you, you'll gain access to Business of Design's 15-step project management strategy, a free introductory course which includes three Business of Design systems you can implement for immediate results. And when you're ready for success, a Business of Design membership, monthly or annual, will dramatically improve your business and your life. What are you waiting for? Together, we will achieve extraordinary results. Start today.